Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Well, she was introduced to many of us on season one of Drag Race Holland, where she showed us she's a triple threat ready to take you down with her makeup talent. She took home the crown and has since been reigning the world. And now she's showing off her incredible skills on the host of Drag Race Holland, Fred Van Leer. It is Envy Peru. Hey, Envy. Hi, darling. How are you? Thank you for having me on your beautiful show. Oh, I am great. You look absolutely wonderful. I always wonder this about your hair. How do you do or how do you come up with the concepts behind your hair? Because everything is always looks so different, unique, and awesome. I am obsessed with hair. I'm also very good in hair, but this is so structured and sculptured. I cannot do that by myself. I have my, um, I'm going to give him a shout out to Paris Hair from Paris, uh, because both of us come with the idea of uh, a hairstyle and then he executes it. And then I'm the model. <laughs> but he does that is so job. cool what do you do with the wigs when you're done because that must be a lot to hold that though right it's a lot yeah it's i think it's there's, there's bottles of hairspray in it and i cannot just keep it in my suitcase you know i really have to put them in boxes to keep them secure or else they're gonna get ruined i have paid too much money for this week <laughs> <laughs> to fuck them up <laughs> Now, getting into your life, you were born in Peru, right? And then you moved to the Netherlands at the age of four? Yes, correct. Yes, I came to Holland when I was four together with my mom and my auntie. Just for the reason because we didn't saw a future uh, for ourselves in Peru. And back in the days, um, my father didn't recognize me as his child. And my mom was like, I don't, I'm not going to raise my child here in Peru. You know, it's, uh, I don't want my child to be bullied later in life for a bastard child. So we came illegal to Holland as illegal immigrants. It was a journey. And then, <laughs> so you've been in Holland since you were four then? Yes, since, uh, since I was four, I've been living in Holland together with my mom, yes. And then when it came down to drag... Yes. How much of your influence is inspired by Peru versus the Netherlands versus you seeing Drag Race on TV from like a US version? Like, is it a mixture or what do you say your drag is? It's really a mixture because I never grew up with uh, with drag when I was a little boy. You know, um, I saw RuPaul, of course, was one of the first ones that I 
that I saw on television. But I remember when I saw Dana International for the Eurovision Song Contest, I was like blown away, you know, because she's transgender. And I thought it was so magical. I never saw something like that before. Not that I'm transgender, but I was really drawn to that femininity and to something different because I was different, but I didn't even know it mm-hmm. back then. And later in life, when I came out, you know, that was a struggle also with my mom because I come from Peru and in Peru, it's not really accepted uh, homosexuality or femininity. So I really needed to educate my mom um, what everything is, what homosexuality is, what transgender is, what a drag queen is. And eventually she accepted me. And when I got into drag, of course, it was because of RuPaul's Drag Race. Uh, I, I've been watching this the, the drag race since season one. And uh, and I thought, oh, wow, this is so amazing. And uh, secretly, I was already practicing in my room, you know, the makeup and everything. Yes. And I was horrible. I sucked. I'm going to send you a picture. I looked horrible. <laughs> you were so lying. It came no. to you as a talent. How did you go from being so horrible to where you are now? No, because I've always been uh, drawn to fashion and uh, sci-fi and strong woman, Cena Warrior Princess. I was obsessed with yes. her. And... Uh, uh, like a Wonder Woman, I am always being very inspired by powerful women because I had only powerful women in my life, like my mom and like my auntie. So that is is always been one of my biggest inspiration as well in, in in my drag. And you also see it in Drag Race that a lot of uh, I wanted to make a lot of references also to my roots to Peru, you know, because I feel like my Peruvian community is so unrepresented. So I wanted them to feel represented and I want them to show not only Peru, but also the American, the world that I'm very proud where I came from because my mom always raised me with pride. Even though things in life were hard, don't be a victim, be a survivor. And um, yes. yeah, that's the mother of my mom always told me. Oh, I love that. And we're going to get into her in a little bit because, of course, she joined you on the show. Yeah. But I want to ask you, do you remember what your first public performance was in drag? Yes. My first, uh, that's a nice story because in season two, there is a queen, season two of Drag Race Holland, there's a queen uh, called Sabita. And she worked at the Mac counter and I always came to her to ask for makeup advice. And back in those days, I only did drag on Halloween. I'm that I'm a Halloween queen (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't have like the balls to do it uh, besides Halloween. And um, she saw my pictures and she was looking at me and said, girl, you look so beautiful. What a waste of beauty. You know, I'm going to book you for this evening here in Amsterdam at Amstel 54. And you're going to do a performance. And I'm like, I don't even have a name. (laughs) Well, I had a name. My name was Carmen. But she said, no, you need a better name. You need something that is more um, you, you know, just come with a name. And so Envy Peru came. That was the day that I did my first performance. And I was totally new in the Amsterdam drag scene. Because back in that day, we had like, the older generation queens and the very fishy queens. It was not so diverse as it is nowadays. And so there came this Latina looking beautiful. Well, I felt beautiful and the people thought I was beautiful. Uh, but n- looking now back at the pictures, I'm like, huh, I will not get away with that at this time. <laughs> but I got away with it that time. And uh, I remember my first song was uh, Favorite Things from the Golden Filter. 
So it's very seductive, very yeah, like this. You are like a few of my favorite yeah. things. And I, I, I loved it. And from there, people start talking. People were talking, talking in the scene. And then I got booked over there and the reguliers and that club wanted me. And I was like, oh my God, I'm still working, you know? So how gonna how I gonna manage all of this? Uh, yeah. So that's how it, uh, it started actually in Amsterdam. So did you end up keeping your regular job for yes. how yes. long until? Um, I was working at MAC Cosmetics, I think five years. And just before Drag Race last year, I quit. Just before COVID, I was like, oh, no. Just <laughs> <laughs> Shit. I was like, finally, after five years, you know, I worked very hard. I was from March to the end of the summer, I was fully booked. I went to see my family in Peru. And I said to my boyfriend, boyfriend, I'm so happy. When I go back to Holland, I can say goodbye to Mac and I can start doing drag full time. And then fuck, Miss Rona came. <laughs> Everything got canceled, but luckily Drag Race called and saved my year. So when Drag Race actually ended up doing the call, did you audition for the show where you called in? Because I know that some girls had said that they like received a phone call and they were like, you know, you should audition. Like, because I also, when I talked to Room, she was telling me that the scene in Holland and the Netherlands and stuff is very, is a lot more smaller. Is that right? Then. Yeah, it's a very small scene and everybody knows each other here. Uh, it's a very nice, nice and warm community. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, that's that's awesome. Where were you when you got the phone call that you were going to be on the show? Um, well, to come back to your question, we auditioned uh, for, I think they, they wanted to do Drag Race, I think already like four years before this season. But it was a, it's an expensive production. So yeah, the, 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 it was every year it was, oh no, it's not going, it's not going, it's not going. So uh, for this time, I was also like, well, okay. Let's make another tape and then see what happens, you know? For this season, I didn't have time to make a tape. I was booked and busy. I was really booked and busy back then before, you know? I, I already made my steps into, the, into the, the scene here in Holland. I was already doing television and had my TV show as well here in Holland. So uh, the production knew me already. But I want to... Uh, I, I've sent them um, an, a video just for the producer also to introduce myself. Hi, I'm MV. This is what I've been doing. And then, yeah, we got a call. We got a call. And I remember I got a call when I was in Peru. I was in Cusco with my boyfriend. We just went to Machu Picchu and we, we just arrived back into the city and I got the phone call. And I was like, wow, Machu Picchu is a sacred place, you know, in Peru. And it was like, oh my gosh, this is like the perfect moment. The stars are aligning. I was just in Machu Picchu and I get this phone call. I can't imagine. Like, I always think about that for you girls and like what that is like, especially... And also, you're about to be on a franchise that is seen all around the world now. And, you know, where that never necessarily was before. Let me ask you, when you walked into the workroom, you probably knew, what, 90% of the girls? All of um, them. Who did you think your competition was when you walked in the door? When we entered the, the room, of course, I knew most, uh, all of the queens personally, except for Room. Because Room was more of a social media queen. And uh, so I didn't uh, know her personally, but I was the last one entering the workroom. Uh, so I was the, the, also the last one driving into the studio because we got picked up from our apartments. And then uh, we, we, we've been driving to the studio. I remember hearing the voices, you know, the queens. I was like, there was one queen. 
I recognized right away, and it was Janie JK because I like blah 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 blah. You know, she has she 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 loves to talk, <laughs> and uh, so I thought, okay, I was expecting her to be on, and um, but the funny thing is that we didn't know that this uh, Drag Race Holland season was going to be this big of a success. We only thought, oh, it's only going to be on Videoland in Holland. And just a few days before filming, we got the message, oh, no, it's going to be on Wild Presents Plus, so it's going to be worldwide. So that was like, oh, shit, you know? Oh, I was like, caliente. I was like, getting so hot. Suddenly, so much pressure. It was so, so much more pressure because not only Holland yeah. was watching, but the whole world was watching. So the moment that I entered the workroom, I didn't even hear my entrance line because all the girls are screaming like so loud. And I was so afraid that I was like, blah, 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 blah. <laughs> so when the episode aired, I was really happy that I got my sentence out. <laughs> yes, as you should have been. I mean, that's crazy to figure that out just a few days before walking in. And then especially after you probably had already prepped all your costumes and everything yes. too. When it came down to costumes and looks, I know one thing that was really praised about, you know, Drag Race Holland is that it didn't technically take out the aesthetic of some drag looks because in the U.S., you know, when girls fly to California, they can only bring a certain amount of bags or keep a certain amount of things in their suitcases and some big pieces may not be able to come. Did you guys have regulations like that or were you able to like just bring whatever you guys wanted since you were so close? Yeah, just because we are so close, we could load up a van uh, with our stuff. But I thought, because I've heard how it works in the U.S., so I really packed like a U.S. season. But I was so stupid not to ask, how much can I bring, actually? <laughs> but we all had a van, and some of the vans were very full, Zedashin, and some of them <laughs> were, <not> so <laughs> were less full. Um, but, um, yeah, it was, first of all, it was very hard to prepare in this COVID time. It was just, you know, the pandemic was just starting. So um, you needed to be creative what you're going to wear, you know, you cannot order something from the U.S. because it could never arrive. So, yeah, we did. I'm very proud of all of the girls because with the resources that we had, we did the best, you know, and especially in this very difficult time back then last year. Especially. And when you guys went into the workroom and to shoot, that was like right at the start, right? So you guys probably were in there not knowing what was going to happen and you got out and it probably was a shock, right? Yeah, it was a shock because, yeah, we got casted, you know, and then we thought, oh, is the show still going on? You know, is it still going to happen? Is it how are they going to do it, you know, with this pandemic? And eventually it's, yeah, it's, they, they made it work. They needed to, we filmed two weeks later because of it was hard to get everything yeah, sorted out for the season. But eventually they did an amazing job. And there was like a Corona, uh, Corona policeman doctor that making sure that everybody <laughs> has like their face masks on and keep on distance. So they took very good care of us. Yeah. I watch Holland and I get very, very excited because I think it's showing such a different form of drag than what we're used to in the U.S. You girls all have such amazing looks and personalities and talent. And you guys also, the great thing about opening this up internationally is that when you all are auditioning and, you know, you guys are working from week to week to week, you kind of haven't fallen into the I just want to be a bitch on TV train yet. You guys were still like in the good, like you wanted to be on TV, you wanted to do well in the competition, you honestly cared more about that than, 
you know, the social media aspect or being afraid for being like railed online or getting this and that. You were more authentic to yourselves. Did you feel that on the show? Because also you, Abby, oh my God, was there too, right? And you guys had worked together before and you were like in the, you were in a house together, right? Mermaid. Um, Yeah. So did you feel like your relationships with some of the girls, did they get better? Did they suffer? Like, how was that working with girls that you had known? Well, um, the Dutch queens here are very chill. You know, we are very, we have a totally different mentality than the U.S. queens. We way more laid back, you know, and we very direct. And what we, uh, you know, sometimes it can hurt somebody, but it's just Dutch directness. But we are very down to earth. You know, we don't need all the shablam, blah, blah. We do that on stage. But, you know, uh, outside of drag, we are very chill boys, you know, all of them. I already had like friendship built with the girls. You know, I've worked with Mama Queen. I booked her for one of my shows as well. I worked with Janie in a dinner show. I was her understudy back then. But Janie was one of the top girls. It still is. And uh, even back in that days. And when I see Janie, I'm like always drawn to her because she's such a great performer and great entertainer. She gives so much energy. So I was really already a big fan of Janie's. And uh, Chelsea Boy, I already knew as well. I worked with him as well uh, in clubs. And those two are the ones that I grew closer during the series, during Drag That's Race. so cool. Yeah. Because yeah. they both as individuals are really awesome. They were the ones, I think, at, when the first season came out where Chelsea Boy was already knew who I was and was like reaching out to me. And I was like, oh, this is so cool. Like the international girls, like you guys were, yeah, you're like you said, like really, really chill. And yeah. that was yeah. really cool to see. But I'm very good with all of the girls, you know. Um, this is a, a moment in our lives that is going to bond us for the rest of our lives. So whenever we see, we're always very happy to see. We're very happy to follow each other's career and we support each other from from our phones or whatever, <laughs> you know. We always cheer, yeah. we cheer each other up. So I have some fan questions that I'm going to pepper in throughout this interview. But one fan wanted to know, as a Dutchie myself and not living in Amsterdam, it's very hard to find the drag scene for me because I have no idea where to look. What is your advice? Move to Amsterdam. (laughs) 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 You know, Holland is not that big. And we are really aware that here in Amsterdam, we live in a bubble. You know, um, everything is here. Uh, all the drag queens, queer nightlife, our community is here. And also, it started to get in Rotterdam as well. But if you want to get to know the girls, you really need to come. Yeah, you, you really need to come to Amsterdam because I think at that way, you're going to find your tribe. Amsterdam, for me, made envy. You know, I was living in Hilversum, which is a town like 30 minutes from here. And I was stuck there. And I had like the same what this boy has. And I took the decision that I really needed to leave my town. And if I wanted to be a drag queen or be in the community, then you need to look for it. So uh, that's what I did. And it was the best thing that I have ever done. Yeah, and it's so true too, because like you can have these small towns and yeah, you can have a drag scene in them, but it's probably extremely small. And then on top of that, if they're not totally for the LGBT community or it's a very like, small town in order for it to progress it's going to take some time so yes yeah pop out to amsterdam yeah or rotterdam also they're doing also very good now they have their pride nowadays well let me ask you now that the show has kind of like had its life and it's like taking off are you seeing a lot of more baby queens popping up everywhere oh yes 
Yes, 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 yes. Our pride here in Amsterdam is amazing. We have uh, a canal parade with all the boats here on the canals. It's like the best day of the year for me because it's so much. It's Amsterdam is beautiful at that day. And this year we didn't have like this big of a pride like we used to. And uh, so we had some little events here in the city uh, or in the Fondel Park, Pride Park, Paradiso. And I've been seeing like in the streets, in the gay street here in Amsterdam, the reguliers, we've been seeing like new baby queens there, there's a new little Aww. baby queens there, you know, and it's so sweet because they approach me and they, and yeah, I've been I'm watching your season, you inspire me. And so from, wow, you know, that's so nice to hear because I've been locked up during COVID, you know, it's so nice to hear that in person from people. And a few, last week, I was doing the pre-show for Bianca Dorio here in Amsterdam. And after the show, I wanted to go back to the dressing rooms and then people were lining up to take a picture with me or they brought presents for me. And so from, I said to the promoters, we should have had like a meeting pretty well for me, I guess, because after the show, like the theater was not empty because was, there were still people lining up to see me. So that probably was like one of the first times like yeah. you had been in public public since Corona, right? Yeah, in such a big theater, you know, and it was very nice to see the impact. But I'm starting to feel it more now, you know, now things are slowly starting to open here in Amsterdam as well. And, you know, when we go to the gay streets, then they already see like people looking like, oh, there she is. <laughs> <laughs> and that's very sweet. That's very cute. Reviews. They are everything, whether it be a podcast review, food review, any time that you can read what another person's experience is, you kind of feel like, hey, you know what? Like, I understand where you're coming from. It can help you make some of the biggest decisions that you have to make in your life. And when it comes to finding healthcare, ratings matter even more. And that's where ZocDoc comes in. ZocDoc is an app where you can compare doctors by their ratings and read reviews from real patients. So you can find and book highly rated local doctors. It has been so eye-opening just to be able to see where I'm going to go before I actually go there. Because I normally have always dreaded going to the doctor before I ended up using ZocDoc. So just download the free ZocDoc app, the easiest way to find a great doctor and instantly book an appointment. With ZocDoc, you can search for local doctors who take your insurance, read verified patient reviews, and book an appointment in person or by video chat. You never have to wait on hold with a receptionist again because nobody likes the hold music. Whether you need a primary care physician, dentist, dermatologist, psychiatrist, eye doctor, or other specialist, ZocDoc has you covered. Go to ZocDoc.com slash exposed and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free. Every month, millions of people use ZocDoc and I'm one of them. It's my go-to whenever I need to see a doctor. So now is your time to prioritize your health. Go to ZocDoc.com slash exposed. That's Z-O-C-D-O-C.com slash exposed and download the ZocDoc app to sign up for free and book a top-rated doctor. Many are available as soon as today. That's zocdoc.com slash exposed. ZocDoc makes healthcare easy. When you were on the show, did you have a favorite moment, like a favorite either outfit or competition or something that you actually were very, very proud of that was shown? My favorite moments is, I think you already know, it's like my mom being there with me. That was a full circle moment for me. 
Yeah. That was simply beautiful because I know as I grew up in a very small town in the country that was very like conservative beliefs, gay was wrong, you know, very religious and all of that. And I know that I had a very similar thing, like with my mom, like, you know, we didn't see eye to eye at first and being able to have that support come through and being able to see her like so supportive of you, it not only does you a service, but it's also doing a service to everybody else watching, whether they are a younger kid or they are the mom that's watching and be like, you know what? That mom is good with it. I should be okay with my, you know, child too. And that's always such a great learning lesson. Yeah, especially the Latina moms. You know, I've received a lot of message from Latina moms and from Latino kids that watching the episode, you know, it started uh, to open the conversation about, yeah, who they are, you know, uh, they made an effort and it's your child. It's about love, you know, it's, uh, you know, we do nothing wrong. It's don't take it too serious, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, it's all love and fun. Just be yourself. Exactly. There was another question that came in. I do want to ask if this is true. It says, during the makeover challenge, filming had to be interrupted a few times because your mom kept waving at the cameraman. <laughs> is that true? <laughs> yes. No, yeah, my mom is... is th th this was her first time in a television studio. So the moment she was she came in, she was like, oh, wow. Like how Jimbo came in, like, you know? Yes. <laughs> and that's how my mom came in. It's like, oh, wow. Oh, she was like waving to every cameraman. So, okay, we need to do that again. So, okay, now, Miss Mama Peru, you need to do it again. You need to come in and just hug your son, you know? The camera's not there, but it was so cute, you know? And um, also in, <laughs> when we were lining up on the main stage, she was like, hola, <laughs> hola. You know? <laughs> No, it's really cute. No, it's true. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that is adorable. So has she been like really supportive since the show? Yes. Oh, Her my mom amazing. saying those words to me was, um, I think that I've watched that video, I think 50 times and every time I was crying, you know, because I needed those words from her to come out of, out of her mouth because that was not something that we prepared. We were, we were put on the spot, you know. It came from our heart and I felt it. And uh, ever since we have been so close and uh, we, call, we, we call each other every day. And I love to help my mom and to support my mom, you know. And that's something that I really wanted to do, especially winning this crown. I want to make enough money that I can support my mom as well. And I'm very happy that I can do that now. So let's talk about that title. Let's talk about you winning. You are in the top you end up being crowned i know that you had said on the chop that you ended up having a fake scepter and fake crown during the time you know <laughs> because they didn't have it ready yeah did you know at the time of filming that you were going to win like did you know that because i know that a lot of times in america they film multiple endings did you know in that moment that you were going to win well i felt it you know no we, we filmed a multiple um winners yeah also in our season so i didn't know but um, I was like the first one doing the crown crowning moment. So uh, it was, I was really like, oh my gosh, you know, RuPaul said my name, everything was so genuine because it was like, I really felt that I won. And then uh, I said, okay, camera crew, reset, you know, Janie, come to the front, you know? And uh, <laughs> I said, oh, okay, now here, here you go. <laughs> here you have this Miss Holland crown, you know? And then it hits you, it's like, oh yeah, we still don't know actually. Uh, so 
The race is not over after filming the season. It starts after filming the seasons because everybody want to have their content uh, on ready and on point, you know. So what are you going to do with how are the people are going to react to you? Uh, you know, that's also very important. You don't know that. So it could have gone any, any, any way, any direction. You also had the... Um... I don't know if it was an unfair advantage, but you had the unfair advantage of the season dropping so fast after you guys were done filming. I believe it was like three months as opposed to like the U.S. can be like a year. No, we had two weeks. <laughs> you had two weeks? We had three weeks after the uh, when we were done filming the, um, the, the season because I, I, I made it to the end, <laughs> as you know. Then we had uh, three weeks till the first episode. So uh, we basically had like uh, three weeks to get all our stuff together. Our website, merchandise, photo shoots. Yeah, it was hard. It was very hard for all of us, you know. And um, also after the last episode, I think every single queen was like, okay, I'm out now. I need a moment for myself. It was hard. I'm happy they did it differently this time. This time they had like a, two, a month or a, one month and a half just to prepare their thing. And, you to know, be able to, yeah, yeah, you get need a little time. bit more ready. Yeah. Yeah. When you ended up watching yourself on TV, what did you think? And what was the reception like? Did you start hearing from international fans? Like, how did it start? I was very nervous, but I remember that the, the first time that we got announced, my Instagram went poof to the roof. I was like, uh, for the first episode air, I was already at 100K and I was verified. It went so quickly. And I received a lot of messages from a lot of Latin queens, from the Rue girls, welcome to the family. It was a warm welcome, you know? And then you think, oh, now, now I need to um, impress you guys. So <laughs> I hope you like yeah. me, you know? But um, Well, you did. You impressed them. You win. Where were you when you figured out you won? Did you have to record a reaction? We were invited to the studios of Vincent TV Production, who makes a drag race. And we were invited to see the last two episodes with the top five. And then me and Jane and GK watched the last episode together. So uh, we were, uh, yeah, just there at the office, uh, watching on a big screen, just with each other with, uh, and with, yeah, with the production company. And that was a special moment. Then my heart was pumping. And we filmed uh, a reaction video, but we never posted. But it was beautiful, you know. Um, Janie was so genuinely happy for me. She hugged me. She kissed me. You know, so you deserve it, girl. And uh, we're going to take over the world. And, you know, you did an amazing job. And that's our friendship, you know. Even though she didn't run the crown, I won a sister for my whole life. And I'm really sure that Janie's moment is yet to come you know she's a superstar that is so great like i absolutely love that you have that relationship you know especially with somebody in the top and especially all these queens unfortunately you hit corona times you know so you're not able to travel fully and do all the things any queen would want to do after their reigning year so what was that year like you know being stuck in quarantine and stuff did you get any of the perks that the other queens do or was it kind of like oh we'll see what happens when we open back up because i could not travel me and my manager needed to focus my career differently so we had a focus here in holland and so we made a sheet okay what do you want to be on and uh so there were some shows like the national tests talk shows glow up uh, make up your mind which is um, uh, a tv show that we transform 
celebrities into drag queens and they need to guess who this celebrity is. You know, who is in drag. It was amazing. And I was uh, one of the heads judge uh, at that TV show. So I want to build a name for myself here. I want to be the most known drag queen here in Holland, household name. That was my goal for this year. And when everything opens up again, then I would love to travel. I would love to go to the UK and to South America and to meet everyone. But it's going to be there, you know, very soon, hopefully. And I respect that, that you stayed homebound and you looked at ways to be able to make a bigger name of yourself in Holland. That's very, very smart because also that probably gave you more momentum. Whereas a lot of the girls, when they were doing the digital stuff, the momentum fizzled after a while and there's only so much you can do. Yeah. And also because of the title, you know, I was able to work with brands and do campaigns and uh, go to Drag Race Spain or, you know, and do a lot of campaigns. So because of my social media was growing, yeah, no, the, the requests came in. So that's how uh, you, you, yeah, you make your money then. You said Drag Race España. I want to talk about that. You are the first judge ever who was a winner of RuPaul's Drag Race on a Drag Race franchise. And that to me, I know that we briefly talked about it on the chat, but that to me was so special and so needed. Because oh, yes. Having a drag queen tell another drag queen how they're doing, they've been in the competition. You had experienced it. And you were also extremely well-spoken in your critiques. Your critiques were very, like, constructive, but also, like, exactly what these girls needed to hear. How was that for you? It was amazing, you know. Uh, it was very nerve-wracking to look back at the episode. Because as well, I was a little bit insecure about my Spanish, you know. So far, oh, are the Spanish people going to understand me? You know, it's a, I hope they're not going to make fun of my very Dutch accent. <laughs> but the opposite happens, you know. They're really, um, I, I received so many lovely messages from a lot of people saying, you should be uh, for the next season, one of the judges there again uh, for more episodes. So yeah, who knows, you know. But I really think that it's needed. It's really needed. You know, I, I know what I'm talking about. And other winners of the franchise know what they're talking about. And I went to them after recording and, um, you know, to just chat with each other. And they said to me, this is like so special that this is like the first time. I was like the first RuPaul's Drag Race girl that I ever met, for example, you know. And that was so wow. special for a lot of the queens. And I think that they should change their format a little bit, bring some more queens to the judging panel because they know what they're talking about. Because we experience a lot in Drag Race that they invite guest judges into the judging panel that actually don't know nothing about drag. Or, you know, they just know, oh, my mom, you know, all the days. And so I love Drag Race, you know, but you don't. You just love Drag Race. But do you know drag? You know, do you know what drag is about? And that's what we know. And uh, so, yeah, they need to do it. Please do it, RuPaul. You know, invite yes, more queens. It, I would love so to see Bianca Del Rio on a guest judging panel. That would be really good. The comic timing would be good, but it would be so truthful. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Let me ask you, when you were on the panel and when you saw these um, Espana queens, you saw what? You saw the top four? Top four, yes. So... As like, you know, we all probably know at home, you didn't see anything before seeing those top four. You didn't get the privilege of seeing that. No. So did you think in that top four that Carmen was going to come out the winner? Absolutely. 
I was excited because um, you know I don't know a lot of the the Spanish girls. I have some of them I follow, but I'm always happy to be surprised. And at the moment I saw Carmen Ferrala, I was like, yes, winner, winner. I saw it in her eyes, in the presentation, how she walked. And, you know, I don't want to discredit the other girls because the other girls were amazing. But Carmen had something very special, especially, you know, in that episode. And she did amazing in that episode. Now seeing the whole season, yeah, I don't, yeah no, it was building up for her. She was doing very well. And so, yeah, some of the other queens were like, yeah, you know, still a little bit finding who they are as a queen, um, you know, or in their styles. And I think Carmen are really knew what she wanted to do and who she is and how she wants to present herself. And yeah, I was really impressed um, with her, but uh, also with the other ones. All the queens in their own way have something very special and all of them are going to work, you know, because they have that special. That's why they're top four. And just because you don't win doesn't mean that you're not going to be successful outside of it too, you know, like, and, you know, some of them like, you know, like poopy poison may not be the most polished when it comes to looks, but that comedy and who she is as a person and an individual is what's going to like push her to the stardom. And that's so cool that you got to see all of that, like in front of you. So I want to ask you about your makeup. Because your makeup is simply phenomenal. I think even from the time that you were on Pollen to now, it has improved into something even better that I didn't even know was possible. Where did you learn all of this from? Like, are you self-taught? Yes, I started doing makeup since I was 18, secretly in my room. Always wanted to be a makeup artist, but... They're like prejudice about makeup artists. Is I don't want to be that gay that does makeup. I was still like with that inner homophobia that I was dealing with back then. And uh, later in life, I thought this is something I'm very good at because if you see my childhood photos, I was always drawing, 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 drawing Pokemons, drawing Dragon Ball Z characters, Digimons, everything. I was drawing everything and strong women as well, like big lips, you know, big eyes and lashes and big hair and... I'm basically doing now the same, but then on myself. So it makes sense now I'm older. Everything built up to this moment. So yeah, it, it started with drawing on paper and now on the face. And then, like I said uh, earlier, um, started working at Mac. And even though I didn't have like a degree, you know, uh, makeup, they tested my skills and I thought we want to have you as one of our makeup artists here. And uh, that's how it all started. But when I started at MAC, I was looking at the other makeup artists and said, oh my goodness, you guys are very good. So I started doing a makeup course while I was working uh, at MAC. So practice, practice and keep on evolving. Don't get comfortable, you know, keep up with the trends. And I'm every year I am also like evolving and transforming. If I look back at my pictures from last year, they're very different than now. And probably in another year, I'm going to look at the pictures from now and say, oh, you know, there's going to be growth, growth, growth. And I hope in my drag is going to be growth, 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 because I want to grow. You never stop learning. No, never stop learning. And then when you get to that point, you find something else to keep learning. Yes, yes. You put that makeup skills. You're now doing Fred's makeup for season two. Yeah. How did that even come to be? And then also... How much different is it doing somebody else's face than your own face? Well, because I, I you know, I worked as a makeup artist, I'm familiar or, or comfortable working on somebody's face. 
For Fred, I already did once his makeup just before all Drag Race. It was for a, a TV show in Holland that were doing a, a parody about Drag Race. So that was actually the first time I did Fred's makeup. And he remembered that and he wanted to have me for the first season. But if, yeah, I was on the first season. Yeah. So for this second season, he just wrote me, right? He just called me and said, I want you to do my makeup for this season because I really wanted it for the first season, but you were on. But now we're going to make it happen. And I said, of course, Fred, for you, you know, I would do it. And he still thanks me because he said, even though you're a winner, you still are able to service yourself, you know, and do my makeup. You don't have like the ego to, no, no, no. Now that I'm the winner, why should I do? Why, why should I? Yeah. You know, and so for no, I really, because I love Fred and I love the person that he is. I did it with a lot of love and because I think it's a fierce gig, you know, being the Raven of Holland. Yes. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> and then also, it's also smart because you're staying around the people who could potentially put you on to judge again or something. Just saying, you know, like right? always just stay in good graces. You yes, have to. Yes, exactly. <laughs> Looking at your career and where you have come, what do you think your proudest accomplishment is? Ooh. My proudest accomplishments, I think, is my first booking. Because if I didn't do that booking, this all would not have happened. That I had the balls, you know, those years ago, I just gonna put on this dress, I'm gonna rehearse the song, gonna do this, I'm gonna do this number, and I just gonna give a big middle finger to everybody who thinks differently or thinks this is weird. You know, I choose for myself. And that was the moment I chose for myself. And it was for something good. And I felt that I was doing it for something good. I think that that also just can translate to anything in anybody's life, especially when it comes down to just trying, you know, we are so afraid of failing that we never even want to try things anymore. When in actuality, you can try it and you can fail and that'll make you a stronger person or you could try it and you succeed really well. But if you never tried, you'd never know. Yeah, exactly. Having my mom, you know, in one of in the first, I think in my first months, invited my mom to come to a drag show because she was like against what I was doing, but she was trying to make an effort, you know? So, okay, let's see what this kid is doing now. You know, first I have to deal that he's gay and now he's dressing up, you know? So what the hell is going on? What the hell, what the hell did I do? <laughs> <laughs> Why did I come to this place, you know, to Holland? <laughs> I should have stayed in Peru, you know. No, but when she saw the magic of drag, and of course I did two of her favorite Latina songs, you know, I'm smart. And uh, <laughs> she understood it. And, uh, and from there, she supported me. And she bought me a dress for that evening as well. Oh, really? Yes. 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 That. That was That, that is yeah. amazing. That, yeah, that was her way to say... I'm trying and uh, I don't want to see you unhappy, you know, uh, I want to see you happy and making you unhappy because of my prejudice is not why I came here. You know, I want you to succeed in whatever you're doing. That's so powerful. Like that, that is any moment. Like when you as a gay child are not accepted for any type of reason to have a parent turn around and do something like that is like, that sets it right in your heart, you know, like that yeah. makes you feel good. That's exactly. awesome. Yeah. That was beautiful. Speaking of, another fan wants to know, what is your message for every little Latinx brown boy? My message for that little brown kid is going to be very simple. 
just love yourself and surround yourself with the right people. Self-love is something very hard to achieve, but the moment that you achieve it, that's the biggest gift that you can give yourself in your life. I agree with that. I think the hardest thing that I ever had to learn in life was why do I need to care about somebody else's opinion of me? Why should I have to worry about, oh, okay, you know what? I'm a gay individual. If this person doesn't like being gay, I need to hold myself a certain different way around them or, you know, this and that. Like, you're not making yourself happy. You're trying to make other people happy. And once you can get past that and accept yourself, you're good to go. Yeah, but those are also like good life experience for gay people, even though it's hurtful, but it makes us the people that we are today. We can really interact with everyone and we, we are like chameleons, you know, you can put us whatever and we, you know, people will like us because we know how people work. When it comes down to this show being called Exposed, I ask all the girls before they leave to expose something that happened on Drag Race that could be funny, behind-the-scenes tea, anything that you want to give that the fans may not have seen on the show. Like, I've had girls talk about heart-to-heart moments. I've had Room talk about her putting a dress on a light and apparently it almost lighting something on fire at some point. So there was, like, all of these stories. Is there anything that didn't make camera you wish would have? For the Family Resemblance episode, I was really touched by the story of Mama Queen and her father. You know, her father being there in drag, I thought it was so beautiful and so powerful. And when they announced I was the winner of that episode, I said, no, I want to give this win to Mama Queen. So I gave my win away, actually, because I felt also like she deserved it because she also had like a beautiful story. And I already had like three wins in my pocket. And I felt embarrassed as well, you know winning again, you know, for that episode. Now seeing the episode back, I understand why I won the episode. But at that moment, because you're just like in the heat of the moment and you're so in a bubble together, I was like, no, 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 this doesn't feel right. You know, Mama Queen should win this. So I gave it away to her and for the reason that her story with her father really touched me. But they never never showed uh, that. That's really, really sweet. And that would have been a really touching moment too. It's also a... A moment kind of like, um, I think I felt so much more in love with Carmen Ferrara was because she had that moment with Dovima where Dovima was talking about, you know, like, oh, you know, she helped me do this with the dress and she gave me hers and she made her own. And that made her so relatable. And when you have those moments, I wish I would have seen that. Wish I would have yeah. seen that. I think it could have been something very beautiful, but they decided to cut it out. And I understand, you know, but uh, that's the first thing that uh, pops up. My last question for you, Envy, is what's next for you? What do you have coming down the pipeline? Is there anything you're excited for? Anything you can talk about? Or is it all surprises? There are very nice things coming up, but it's all things that I cannot talk about. But just, yeah, yeah, just see my Instagram. I have very cool collaborations that are co- coming up. Also, like, a very cool collaboration with a makeup brand. I'm not going to spoil too much, but there's a lot in store. There's a lot in store. Just follow me on uh, Miss Envy Peru and you will find out. You know, I don't want to get in a fight, you know, with any of them. Yes, of <laughs> course. So follow Envy on Instagram and you'll figure out about the secrets when the secrets come out. Yeah, yeah. And we, I was even talking, you know, to uh, with a friend of mine who is, uh, who is a DJ here and a music producer to do a song. You know, a sexy envy song. So who knows? Ooh, who knows? Yes. Who knows? Who knows? Who 
Who knows? Who knows? <laughs> well, thank you so much, Envy, for spending some time with me. Absolutely love you. Be sure to like, comment, subscribe. Go show Envy some love. Go follow her on all of the platforms. Until next time, I'm Joseph Shepard, and that's the beautiful Miss Envy Peru. Thank you so much, Joseph. Mwah! Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of Exposed Dragged Out, brought to you by The Dip. I'm Joseph Shepard, your host. You can follow me on all things social at Joseph A. Shepard. That's S-H-E-P-H-E-R-D. You can also go to thedip.com slash RuPaul's Drag Race. The Dip with two P's dot com. That's the dip with two P's.com. Use promo code EXPOSE for 50% off your membership. And be sure to check out other podcasts from the dip, including Hot Off the Mess with Samantha Bush, the daily pop culture podcast, Pop Chaser, TV History Podcast, TV Watch Repeat, Real Housewives Podcast, The Slut Pick Podcast, and also I Am the Cute One, America Kate and Ashley Olsen Podcast. Until next time, I'm Joseph Shepard. Expose yourself. Ooh.